it is time to get solar powered. We welcome you to another episode of the Solar Powered Podcast. My name is Ryan Hall from Royal Hearts Media, and I'm glad to be back. You may have noticed that I've been a little absent from this podcast for a little while. I don't apologize for it. Although I love doing this podcast, I do not apologize for it because I've been been doing something that terrifies me, excites me, and has also, I think, shown me lessons about myself that I wouldn't have known before. So where have I been? Well, I have been a few places. First of all, I have been I've been inside Best Buy on a Black Friday weekend, which which for somebody no longer 20 years old, it gets tiring after a while. And the less I say about that, the better. <laughs> But I think more than that, I have been giving birth. But Ryan, you're a guy. You can't... Oh, shut up. Yes, I have given birth to my second book baby. Hello Again is out. It is out on hardcover on paperback, and on Kindle. And the early reviews have been absolutely glowing. It's been described as a very easy read, hard to put down. And it has been just... It has been the thrill of a lifetime to not only write, but it has been the thrill of a lifetime to publish. Because Hello Again is my first foray, so to speak, into the publishing world. It is the first publication, the first official publication, under the Royal Hearts Media banner. Now, learning how to be a publisher was a fun experience. And by fun, I could count the number of gray hairs that have grown on my head with at least two hands, maybe even with both feet. It has been an adventure. It has taught me lessons in figuring things out as I go along. It has taught me lessons in the fact that I don't have to have answers before I ask a question. But I think more than anything, it has taught me how to be patient and kind with myself. 
Because not only have I published my first book under the Royal Hearts Media banner, but I have also been commissioned as the editor and publisher of another book. I will keep details of that under the hat that I never wear, but suffice it to say, I'm having an incredible time exploring this part of myself. Making a little money can't hurt, but I am having an absolutely incredible time exploring that part of myself, exploring the part of myself that that I might not have known before. It has taught me patience. It has taught me how to make choices. And it has taught me that I really know how to do this. Now, it also helps to have friends in the business on speed dial that you can call when you get into a, a situation. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> but it has been a real, it's been a real treat to be able to explore that side of myself. You know, designing covers, designing interiors for books. It's, it's been real fun. Speaking of friends of mine in the publishing business, I was honored to have participated in a in a virtual roundtable, a virtual panel discussion on how to write a book. And it was organized and led by my dear friend and In coaching as well as publishing, my dear friend Elizabeth Hill, who, who I definitely want to acknowledge here, who was somebody who I did not know not that long ago. I mean, we both graduated from the same coaching program, but we still have not met each other in person, which is something that bothers me. But... But it was a really beautiful, this uh, panel was a really beautiful experience, I believe, in sharing my voice, speaking my truth, and being seen as an authority on how to write a novel, which my ego certainly appreciates. Um, but also since we've last spoken, I have been able to reconnect with one of my 
one of my greatest loves, and that is the experience of live music. As many of y'all may know, I have a relationship with the Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York. The Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York, which was for a long time the East Coast home base of the Grateful Dead, and I am not exaggerating that. The Rolling Stones, um, David Bowie, Clapton, Pink Floyd, some real massive heavy hitters have played that stage over the years. But the relationship that I have with them is that I am one of their resident bloggers, which gives me a free ticket to a show. In turn, I review the show for the Capitol Theater website. And the two shows that I have seen in recent weeks have been Steely Dan, I know, no big deal, right? And Joe Bonamassa. The latter actually makes a cameo appearance in Hello Again, by the way. But being back in that theater, experiencing live music for the first time in close to two years, to say that was a surreal experience undercuts it by a factor, by a factor of a lot. I'm a writer, I'm not a mathematician. For the Steely Dan show, I, I wanted to share this. They did, the show that they put together was they played their, I believe it was 1976 album, The Royal Scam, from front to back. Now, as many concerts as I have been to in my life, I've never experienced something like that where a band has taken an, just one of their classic albums and has played it from front to back. What this does, it not only lets the listener, the audience, experience a, a show from a band featuring all the songs off of one of their best albums, and Royal Scam is considered one of Steely Dan's finest albums. It's not my favorite, but it's one of their finest. But it also allows the band to not all always play the hits, so to speak. I mean, yes, they did close out the set, you know, practically with another full set. But they did close out their show with many big, you know, many of their big hits. Songs like Asia and Reeling in the Years and My Old School. But it wasn't their top. 20 hits. They got to play some deep cuts. 
But there's a song on the royal scam called The Caves of Altamira, which has some of the coolest horn section work in any Steely Dan album. Now, as I'm sure y'all know, Walter Becker, the co-founder of Steely Dan, passed away a number of years ago. And they hired a, they brought on another guitar player, I will never say to take his place, because you don't take a man, the, the place of a man like that, but as the second guitar player, a young man named Connor Kennedy, and when I say young, I'd be surprised if he's 30, plays, he, he, he I think I called him Skunk Baxter Jr. in my review, because <laughs> he is that good. And Skunk Baxter was just, I think, the backbone of so much of that early Steely Dan sound. Um, just really a special musician. But with my dad's connection with that music, and obviously now with my connection with that music, um, it, was a, it was a really beautiful night. But I found myself, and this was for both the Steely Dan show as well as the Bonamassa show. But I found myself, for the first couple songs, I found myself getting very emotional. I found myself getting very emotional because of my, first of all, my connection with music, my multi-generational connection with music. But I think just being back in that theater, seeing that stage, seeing that really cool emblem that they have on the ceiling of that concert hall was, was really, it was really beautiful to be with. It was incredibly beautiful to be with. Um, and also knowing how musical Hello Again is. It, it, it was an experience that I don't think I will ever forget. And then briefly about the Bonamassa show, I, I found myself almost as excited to see Bonamassa as I was to see his keyboard player. Now, Reese Winans is Joe Bonamassa's longtime keyboard player. A legend, this guy is. He's He just turned, I think, 74. He sure as hell doesn't play like it. This guy can play circles around guys half his age. And he had so much fun. But just a little bit of background story of him. Reese Winans was a, way back in the 60s. He was a member of a band called The Second Coming. Now, two members of that band were the late... Barry Oakley and Dickie Betts. 
Now, if those two names sound familiar, then you're probably an Allman Brothers fan because those are two of the founding members of the Allman Brothers Band. Now, in fact, when, when Dwayne Allman put together his band, he even recruited Reese to play keyboards. But Reese was ultimately shown the door because Dwayne's little brother decided to come back from California to join the band. The little brother, of course, being, being Dwayne, uh, Greg Allman, who sang a little bit and also played a little keyboards. So. <laughs> but, um, but Reese was also the longtime keyboard player with Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble. So that man... I hate to call him old, I mean, because chronologically he is, but that's definitely a kid at heart. But that man has played with some of the baddest guitarists of the last 50 years. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. And they put on a hell of a show. God, they put on a hell of a show. Such a fun, such a fun set list. And the, the irony of it is that Joe is always known, in his bands, is always known for having strong female backing vocalists. And the two, the two ladies that he brought, he brought with him, ironically enough, were both Australian, but one of whom was named Jade. <laughs> the irony of that... And if you don't know the irony of that, you need to read Hello Again, available on paperback, can, paperback, hardcover, and Kindle on Amazon, as well as autograph copies. I mean, just get all the books. Buy my book! It's just really beautiful getting reconnected with that. And the last thing I wanted to share before I wrap up here is... Something that something that really helped me feel like a kid again. As I have spoken about on this podcast before, I have a deep connection with sports. I never played, although I wanted to a couple of times, but I never played. That little aside is something that I have shared with my therapist in deeper detail than I ever want to do on this podcast. But back when I was a kid, one of my highlights of, well, let, let me first go way back here. I was five years old. Like, I had just turned five, I believe. And my dad was out on our back patio grilling something. And I was in my room, I believe. And I heard some screaming from outside. And I ran outside. Dad, what's going on? 
Dad was listening to the Atlanta Braves win their 13th game in a row to begin the 1982 season. Now, I didn't understand at the time how important that was. I started dabbling around a little bit. Because back in those days, the Atlanta Braves were every night on Superstation TBS. This was back when it was, as I saw one writer put it, back when this was Ted Turner's fever dream. <laughs> but they were on Superstation TBS every day. And for the most part, they were so bad. Like, it was, like, the lineup consisted of Dale Murphy, Rafael Ramirez, and seven who-the-hell-are-yous. Oh, that's not fair. I mean, there was there was Bruce, Bruce Benedict, who was a good defensive catcher, who but who couldn't hit his way out of a paper bag. But the next summer, this was the summer when I was, like, six years old, I think. Dad and I went to a ball game at the old Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. I forget who the Braves were playing, but the first home run I ever saw in person was hit by the late Bob, uh, not Bob Horner, I was going to say Bob Horner, but Bob Watson. But just walking into that stadium, seeing the field as big as it was enfolding in front of me, smelling the smells of the popcorn and the beer and the cigarettes, because you could smoke in the stadium back in those days. It was just nothing like it, man. And I just fell madly in love with not just baseball, but with the Atlanta Braves. And the Braves didn't start getting good until until I was in high school. Like that 1991 World Series run, the worst to first run was was my freshman year of high school. They finally won it when I was a freshman in college. But the Braves, the 2021 Atlanta Braves, had every, every adversity thrown at them, just the kitchen sink. I hate that analogy, but 
we'll go ahead and go with it. Just had the kitchen sink thrown at him. From injuries, from their best player going down with an ACL tear in Ronald Acuna. To one of their best young pitchers re-tearing his Achilles tendon as he's walking. To Marcelo Zuna getting suspended by Major League Baseball because of just being a dumbass. It's a domestic dispute that he got into that I don't want to get into right now. But long story short, they had every adversity in the world thrown at them. They made some killer trades at the trade deadline. Got red hot. Won the division. Beat the Brewers pretty handily in the first round. They knocked off the Dodgers in six games to go to their first World Series since 1999. And they won the World Series by beating Houston in six games. Now, I remember as I watched Game 6 of the World Series unfold. One of the most beautiful sporting events I have ever watched. Because, I mean, the game was out of hand early. The, the Braves won the game 7 to nothing. Jorge Soler, who was one of the trade pieces, by the way, won the World Series MVP, but he hit one that went through Max Q, went through orbit, and landed in the parking lot here in Connecticut from Houston. Like I said, the game was never in doubt. But the final out, oh my God, the final out. The bottom of the ninth inning. I was sitting on the edge of my seat. Praying. A knot in my stomach. And the final out was a sharp ground ball to Dansby Swanson at short. He thought about going to second for the first for the uh, short out, but he went to first. He threw it to first. And as soon as the out was recorded, I fell to my knees sobbing. Even more than the Crimson Tide, the Atlanta Braves were the team, were the, they were the team that helped me fall in love 
with the beautiful game of baseball. No, if no sporting event has helped me to feel like a little kid again more than the 2021 World Series did. After all the shit that I have been through in my life over the past couple of years, that took the cake. It absolutely took the cake, man. So that's a little bit about where I have been over the past couple months. This podcast is going to be a little bit more active moving forward. But there will also be other events that and other and other properties that will air not just on this particular podcast but I have other things in mind for where not only solar powered is going to be but from where Royal Hearts Media is going to be my vision for this is big and I truly hope y'all um Y'all join me for the ride. But that is it for this episode of the Solar Powered Podcast. Next time here on the podcast, we're going to speak to an author named Robin Clare. Now, Robin is a fellow coach, but she is also, she also specializes in recovery, which once you read Hello Again, you will see just how important that topic is to me because that's a good portion of the thematic gist, I would say, of Hello Again is the finding recovery and finding yourself. So Robin Clare, next time here on the Solar Powered Podcast, will be our guest. That interview is already in the can, so I'm not promising anything out of school, but that will do it. For this episode of the Solar Powered Podcast, I have missed you. I really have. But that'll do it for this episode. For more information about Royal Hearts Media, and there will be a website coming, so stay tuned. But until then, you can find me on my social media machine at Ryan Hall Writes on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can shoot me a good old-fashioned email at royalheartscoaching at gmail.com. But that will do it for this episode of the Solar Powered Podcast. Until we meet again, this is Ryan Hall saying thank you so much for listening. So long for now. I love you all so much. And please, go get solar powered. Take care.